0: Welcome to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. Uh, I'm the host, Lynn Pryor, and my uh, co-host on this is Chris Johnson. Chris, it's good to be with you again in another podcast.
1: Great to see you, Lynn. Looking forward to today.
0: And joining us again for this, uh, this is the last session in our study of Essentials of Christianity. Joining us again is Robbie Gallaty, who's the author of this study. So, Robbie, thank you again for taking the time uh, to just do this podcast with us.
2: Yeah, great. Thanks for having me back.
0: Now, Robbie, you are the pastor, the senior pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church. And if I remember right, you said five years, five and a half years you've been there. Yep.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, one of the challenges every pastor and every church has dealt with this past year <laughs> is COVID-19. Uh, Robbie, how's that, how have you seen a challenge? Or, or Let me put it this way. What opportunities has COVID-19 even brought to the church as you all do ministry?
2: Yeah, well, uh, we're in this together, so I don't, have, I don't have a lot of answers. I do have a lot of dumb <laughs> tax that we paid together probably of things we thought would work and and, and tweaked. You know, I tell our staff, we're not going to be uh, Semper Fi, always faithful. We need to be Semper Gumby, always flexible, right? Because we are very <laughs> flexible right now and everything, That's <laughs> everything great. Needs to be flexible. But uh, one of the things I've learned is uh, I've tried to, to lead our staff not to look at all the things we can't do, because the list is long. Sure. But we're focusing on the things God's still allowing us to do. And one of the things I've realized more than ever before, it's confirmed in my heart, is that we don't need a building to do ministry uh, exactly. more than ever before. And you guys know with, with curriculum and Bible studies and discipleship material, uh, isn't it cool to know that we don't have to rely on a building in order to advance the kingdom of heaven? Like We can do this thing and Um, God has used technology in in my life and yours to, as we're doing right now, technology is, uh, is just as impactful as being in person for some. I mean, I know it's not the same and I'll tell you a story. One of the things I've realized is, uh, my son, I have a son who's 12 and, uh, he comes in the other day and he says, dad, my best friend and I were playing this game apex or something. I said, oh, really? Who's your best friend? He said, oh, it's, uh, you know, Derek. I said, okay, where's Derek live? He said, Ohio. I said, son, let me let me, let me me explain to you what best means, like best friend. He said, no, no, dad. Here's what he said. Dad, he's my digital friend. And I said, yeah, but that's not a best friend. He said, no, 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 dad. He said, this guy that I play video games with in Ohio knows me better than the person I sit next to in my classroom at school. Wow. And here's the thing I want pastors to get as we go in the days ahead. I'm not saying we neglect the in-person gathering. I still think we need to gather ourselves. And man, there's so many uh, research studies to prove the benefits of that. But we have to, as I tell our church, I have put both egg, both all eggs in both baskets. So we've put all our eggs in person, all our eggs online, because here's the thing about my son and his generation, which is the church of the 20 years from now. They have no problem with the message coming through a different medium. So they have no problem, like the truth isn't minimized because they get it through a screen or a phone or an iPad. It is the same message for them. And so somebody's going to figure this thing out. And uh, I'm just grateful we have technology like this and studies we can do in our homes, in our coffee shops, workplaces. So
0: appreciate you saying that, Rob, because that's that's how I want to look at is this is this has not been the ideal situation for us by any means but it's opened doors for us to see other ways to do ministry and thank you for you and your, your and your team the the church family at long hauler have been doing with this
1: we do appreciate that so much so we are this is the last session of our study on the essentials of, of christianity uh we 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 were with robbie at the beginning with talking about the nature of god he wrote all the sessions for this study and so this week it just makes sense, it seems to us, that we talk about the end, the end times uh, when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom. So uh, we, we, our focus this week is on that. We're looking specifically at Matthew chapter 24. And Lynn, when we have talked about putting a study like this together, uh, you're quick to remind us that there are a lot of different views about end times that people in our groups have.
0: Yes, and I think that's important for us as we gather in, a, in our small groups as we talk about this. The guy sitting next to you, he may think exactly like you do on the end times, and he may have a whole different view on that. Uh, you, know, there's, you know, There's the millennial view. There's the uh, dispensational premillennial view, historical premillennial. And so there's different ways we can look at the end times. The thing we have to watch is – and by the way, there are great theologians – who hold to all different different views, yeah. uh, and they've they've uh, I mean people who really love Jesus, they're they're committed to the inerrancy of God's word, but when it comes to eschatology, the end times, they come to a different conclusion. Some are all millennial, some are historical premillennial, and the bottom line is we know Jesus is coming back. So let's not get arguing over some of the little the details. So you may be sitting next to someone in your group who may have to view that differently. Let me tell you what, that is not a, a call for judgment on their Christian life uh, if they happen to look at this differently. So I say all that, Chris, just, just when you look at the study, some people always get upset. Well, you didn't explain the rapture. You didn't explain the. the who, you didn't tell us who the antichrist is or, you know, all those little details. Uh We do that on purpose because we realize people have different ways they're going to look at this and we want to focus on what the passage is telling us right there. So we're in Matthew 24 for that purpose. Just what, what does this tell us about the return of Jesus?
1: So at the beginning of Matthew 24, Jesus um, says to his disciples, this temple, this, this building um, is going to be destroyed. And that leads them to ask some questions about the end times. And that, that, that is our, um, a backdrop context for, uh, what happens in, in Matthew 24.
0: Yeah. So let me just, uh, Chris, as you pointed out there, those disciples asked that question, Hey, Jesus, tell us when will these things happen? What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so now as you get into 20, uh, the rest of 24, you're going to see him starting to unpack some of those things. Um, and so, This is the idea here is that the signs, there are signs that point to the return of Jesus.
2: Yeah, I would say one of the cool things about this passage, it's a reminder of just how intentional they were in thinking of the end times. Yes. I would would ask like, like you're a pastor. I mean, Chris, you've been in ministry. I mean, how many Christians do we know are asking, is this? the end of the days? Is this, are these the signs of of the times? Many Christians are just coasting, sadly, through life as if, you know, nothing's going to change and everything. Now, I would say today more than ever, I think people are asking some serious questions about, is this the end times? And one of the things you said when I tried to put this together I didn't focus so much on the process for how the end would come as much as I focused on your perspective in the process. Because what I wanted you to do is I wanted us to all agree, like you said, Lynn, and God, I love what you said. I appreciate that guys way smarter than me, way smarter than us have debated this and spilled ink on this their whole life. And they still couldn't come to an agreement. So we can debate how it's going to happen, but we all can agree it is going to happen. And the bigger question for us, I think, is this. What do we do in the meantime? That's the question.
0: And yeah, that's a good point, because that is a key element. Uh, we keep reminding you in Bible Studies for Life, it's not just that we've studied the Bible. You come to the end and go, okay, so what are we going to do with this truth? That is critical.
1: So in in the passage that we're looking at, Jesus uh, gives some disclaimers. He says, you know, hey, these things are going to be going on. And people are going to say, is this the end? And there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes. Uh, he could have said there's going to be pandemics. <laughs> right. I've <laughs> experience it all. And uh, it's Jesus kind of said, you know, it's bad and it's going to get worse. Robbie, in your uh, in in the personal study guide, uh, you talk about that statement. uh, This this is it's going to get worse or it couldn't get any worse than this. Uh, We'd like for you to tell a little of your story uh, that connects to that idea.
2: Yeah. So for those who are unfamiliar with my my own life story, I was uh, I was raised as a nominal churchgoer growing up, went to a different church. I was raised Catholic and I knew that the Lord was, didn't have a relationship with the Lord. It wasn't until I went to a Southern Baptist college for a basketball scholarship of all places that I heard the gospel and became the target of every evangelism class on campus at the same time uh, as they tried to tell me about Christ. Uh, But I would remember that. I would remember the Lord and I would tuck it in my mind to seven years later, got out, got into a bad car accident. I was a bouncer at a club, did some MMA fighting, uh, went to the doctor, had back surgery, and then I got addicted to pharmaceutical drugs. And like most people listening, you have a family member or friend that started that way. You didn't start because you were smoking pot behind the school in high school. You got a toothache or your shoulder injury or a knee replacement, and then you got addicted to pain meds. And so about a three-year journey of uh, addiction to Oxycontin, Valium, Soma, Percocet, it led to street drugs, heroin, and cocaine. And A three-year journey, guys, and uh, robbed my own family for $15,000 uh, lived uh, without gas, electricity, and water for three months, mastered the art of the cold shower. Finally, after wow. three years, I literally had tried everything. And in my immature, naive mind, I didn't know the gospel. I decided to give Jesus a try. And so I was in my room, Uh, and I was on on the floor on my knees, and I said, God, if you're real, I'll give my life to you completely and uh, not be ashamed to tell people about what you did. And I had this 24-hour Paul-like conversion, and uh, I thought my life was better. I thought I was invincible. I started to preach and teach shortly thereafter, but I learned a lesson because I thought I wouldn't fall again because I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. So, I went back in the world to save two of my friends still on drugs, And in the process of going back to save them, they sucked me back in. And -hmm. here's the thing. I talk about this in the study. When you would ask me at key points about drug addiction, and you know this, if you're walking with someone, you always say it can't get any worse than this. I mean, This has got to be it. And then I'll come back even today and counsel with families. And I say, nope, it got worse. I don't know how it got worse, but it got worse. Well, that's the kind of idea here that I want people to think about. Just like an addiction, you have to go through levels and layers of, of um, falling and recovering and coming back and apologizing, just like that happens in a, in a particular issue in life. The same thing is going to happen with the end times. Jesus said, you are going to think it's bad. Like, how could it get worse than a global pandemic? And how could it get worse than infighting and racism and and all these things that are rioting in our country? And Jesus said, that's just the birth pains, right? So why do we we study this? And I don't want to scare people uh, or don't want to be an alarmist, but I do want you to be reminded when these things come, we need to be reminded we serve a sovereign God, who's in control, and we win in the end. Remember, guys, we're on the home team. We win in the end.
0: <laughs> Good word. Good word. <laughs> yeah, and, of uh, course, I remember my studies of Revelation. Just, that's the heart of the, the, buying that book. The whole book, the, with its, with its all its imagery and, and uh, the vision that's there, it's going to get worse but we win in the end. That's the key point of that. As we see in this, as we talk about the return of Christ, we continue through Matthew 24. One aspect of this is that Jesus will visibly return to earth. Uh, In in your group, you're going to come back down to verse, uh, let's see, this is verse 30. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Then all the peoples of of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power, and great glory. I mean, there's no hiding the fact Jesus will come back.
2: Yeah, I learned this when I was in Greece. Um, Years ago, I took a tour. I like to take tours to the Holy Land and to Greece. I think that's the greatest. uh, I call it the fifth gospel, you know. (laughs) You're right. The new epistle because you get to see it. But I was in Greece and our tour guide, uh, Kostas was leading us, and we got to talking about this passage about the return of Christ. And here's what he said He said, My great or my grandfather, uh, used to read this passage and say, That's not true, it's not accurate. How in the world, when Christ returns, can the whole world see him coming on the clouds if it's geographically located, right? So, if Jesus comes on the clouds here, only Americans can see it, or only those in Middle Tennessee. And so, he said, he told me this just a few years ago, for the first time, my grandfather realizes how this is going to happen with the advent of technology.
0: Yes. So you see, what we
2: have to realize is the advancement of the greatest invention of Jesus' day was the Roman roads. That was what God used sovereignly through the use of a pagan ruler to build roads as the means for the advancement of the gospel. Okay. This is how cool today is. God is using Google. Thank God for Google to plant internet access to every home and person on the planet. In fact, someone said by 2030, 92% of the world will have access to the internet. So this plays perfectly as you just read that there's coming a day when every eye will see the son of man coming on the clouds. I'd say that'll preach just
0: right there. Um, Robbie, one thing you need to know about Chris is Chris is one of three men in America who don't use Facebook.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's true. A blessing, (laughs) Chris. Actually,
0: yeah, (laughs) I I like to kid him about that. But what I look at that when I hear that is how we've got this opportunity in front of us, and instead of using social media to fuss and whine about our political views, or or just to show, hey, let me show you the taco salad I had for lunch we could take advantage of that and build relationships that point to Christ, just even a word of encouragement. What a witness we could be if we really took advantage of the technology that we've got in front of us. Yeah. So well, let me move us on. <laughs> I'm going to start preaching on that. That's good. Uh, as we come up to the end, this is going to be where Robbie was taking us early as we were in their discussion. Uh, it's one thing to talk theology. What are you going to do with it? So, you come to Matthew 24 and verses 42 through 44, where Jesus, he wraps it up with this You also must be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, we got to be prepared. So, I think that leaves a question for us to talk about is what does it mean to be ready for Christ's return?
2: Yeah.
1: So we didn't mention specifically uh, verse uh, 36 that says no one knows the hour. So we can't predict. We don't know exactly. If somebody says this is when it's going to happen, we know for sure that that's not when it's going (laughs) to happen. Okay. But Jesus says, instead, be ready, be prepared. Always, always live on guard uh, for, 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 for my coming, for this, for this to come. And, and, and that's a good reminder for us, uh, today that we live in a state of readiness or being prepared always for his coming.
0: Right. So practically that's a thing to discuss about in our groups. And maybe guys, we could talk about this for a moment. Practically, what does it mean to be
2: prepared? Yeah. Well, God's always been a God from the beginning that uses human means to carry out his mission. That's just the way he works. He doesn't have to, he can get the rocks to cry out. But that's what's so cool about the great Commission. It's co-mission, not mission. He could have called it the great mission, and he could have done it without us. So right. I think as Christians, the very means by which we usher in the kingdom is through obedience and through preparation. And so we're constantly prepared. The story I use about the sovereignty of God, I'll just share it because I think it's helped me through the years, just understand how God can be sovereign and we can be ready the story is of a, of, a, of a man who loves college football. His wife does as well. But they were going on a long trip to see her mother. And so she was getting dressed. Now, I know the ladies listening, you don't take a long time getting dressed. But I've heard <laughs> of ladies who do. Okay. So the, you, the, the, his wife's getting dressed. And so he's kind of wasting time. He puts on the television. Their favorite team is playing. And uh, they're down by uh, – they need two touchdowns to win with less than a minute and a half to go. And he's thinking – they're never going to win. But he's like, I don't have anything to do. So i watch the game. And miraculously, the team gets the ball back. They score. And with like 30 seconds left, they kick an onside kick. Miraculously, they get the ball. They drive down. They're 40 yards out. They have one play left, three seconds left. The quarterback hikes the ball. The man is on the edge of his seat quarterback drops back he throws a bomb hail mary to the end zone the receiver runs full speed outstretched arms grabs the ball pulls it in they win the game he goes nuts he couldn't believe what he just saw turns the television off gets in the vehicle honey are you ready to go we're leaving they're driving on this long trip and the wife's kind of skimming through the channels and a couple hours later she skims through the game unbeknownst to her which is the replay of the uh, game he saw previously at home. And as she comes down to it, she gets this toward the end of the game. She says, ah, We're not going to listen to this because they're not going to come back. The husband leans over, grabs her arm, and says, Baby, I bet you they come back. <laughs> <She> <laughs> says, what do you mean you bet me? They're down two, t- they're going to need two touchdowns to win with a minute for, there's no way they can come back. He says, How much do you want to bet? Right. So they drive down the road, and uh, just like it played out in person, the quarterback, they get the ball, they drive down, they score. She is on the edge of her seat. Her husband is there driving, calm, cool, and collected. They kick the onside kick. They get the ball back. She is sweating bullets. She's punching his arm. She looks at him. He doesn't flinch. She's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you not going crazy? He said, babe, because I've got faith. You know, <laughs> and then finally, the last play of the game, just like he saw it, the quarterback throws the ball, bomb into the end zone, outstretched arms. The receiver grabs it. Touchdown. They win the game. She loses her mind. She leans over. She says, how could you sit there? Unmoved, unfazed, face forward, still driving. He said, baby, I have to tell you a secret. I knew the end of the game before you turned it on the radio. And I knew that we win in the end. Kristen, wow. listen to me. We are playing a game that's already been won. We serve a king who's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. There is no one like him. He is the commander and chief that's still in control of everything that happens, and he does it well. And so we just have to play the game. And so that's what it means to be ready. We know we already win. We just go out on the field and play the game. And I don't know about you, Len, that changes everything for me. Great. That's a great perspective on that.
1: Thanks. (laughs) I think you're gonna have a great time this week in your Bible studies as you talk about the the wrap up session for the Essentials of Christianity. about Jesus return. I think that it will be a powerful time for the people in your group. I think uh, you're going to have a lot of people wanting to talk and wanting to know more. And there may be people who say, what can we do to learn more, to discover more about this? So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Robbie, thank you for being with us. We're going to give you a chance to say some things right at the end. Uh, You have a new book coming out that Lynn's going to talk about just a little bit. And then I've got a teaching tip for us.
0: Yeah, so you know we're wrapping up the study that Robbie has written for. So you want to read some more from Robbie. Robbie's heart is really in the world of discipleship, helping disciple uh, disciple growing believers. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you to to grab some of Robbie's books. In uh, the newest one, as as Chris mentioned, a new one coming out is, uh, just came out is called Replicate. Uh, and uh, so Robbie,
2: can you give us uh, like a thirty second what this book is about? Yeah, it's basically a handbook for anybody wanting to grow personally, to make disciples personally, uh, and then mainly to be a disciple. You can't really make disciples until you become a learner, a lifelong disciple as well. So that's what it's about. It's a how-to book. Anybody can pick it up and uh, really apply it immediately. Yeah, and I've just on a personal, I think Robbie's writing style is
0: kind, you will enjoy reading the book. You'll be challenged by it. So check that out.
1: So you mentioned to us also that you have a book coming up about Old Testament uh, scripture passages.
2: Yep, we uh, just finished. We partnered with Lifeway. We just finished the third installment. We talked about the Trinity at the beginning of our study. Now we're talking about the trilogy. Uh, You know, we have the Foundations (laughs) F260, which is the old and new. Then we put out the Foundations New Testament, which is just the new. And now we just finished the Foundations uh, Old Testament plan. So you have an option to choose from. We're really excited about this manageable, chronological, easy to read uh, Bible reading plan.
1: Great. Great. Thanks for telling us a little bit about that. So I just want to take a short moment to uh, align for those of you who are who lead Bible studies. Uh, we've talked about being ready and being prepared. And that's my uh, teaching tip for you. I want to encourage you to be prepared. I want you to, to encourage you to take time uh, each week to be in the word. Uh, I want to encourage you to spend time um uh, every day leading up to uh, your teaching opportunity, to be in the text that we're talking about this week, so that when you come in uh, to your group setting, uh, it is clear to the people in your group uh, that you you have a good handle um, on on the Word of God and that you have some helps for them along the way. Um, in the past a few months, my my father passed away. My my dad taught. Uh, Bible study classes uh, for p- probably 30 or 40 years with adults, and uh, my dad was a, a blue-collar worker, and he would get up every morning at 3.30, and he would use that time from 3.30 to 6 to prepare uh, Bible study uh, for uh, the group that he would teach, and so that was his practice every day. He was in God's word, getting ready to teach God's word. So I want to I want to use that as an example for you to encourage you to be in His word daily, know it w- when you go in. One of the things we provide at Lifeway is teaching plans. Uh, you don't have to create something brand new. You, you, we have some helps for you with our with our leaders gu- guides that we want to encourage you to use. You don't have to be the most creative, the brightest uh, teacher in the world. We, We provide some helps for you along the way. We could give you some discussion questions that will help you in the process, but you have to take time to prepare. So I want to encourage you to do that. Robert, you get the last
2: word. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, readiness as we were talking, uh, preparing for the end times, and I couldn't help but think of the college God providentially uh, led me to, which was William Carey College of all yeah, places Okay. Uh, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I knew nothing about the man William Carey, didn't know he was a missionary, much less what he had written. But when I left there, uh, I started reading some of his books, and then years later, a great appreciation for William Carey. Here's what he said. When you know you win in the end, and you know you can trust the sovereign God, this is his life's motto, expect great things from God and attempt, attempt great things for God. If you knew you couldn't lose, what would you do for God?
0: Wow. Wow.
1: That's, <laughs> that's the way to end this podcast and this study on essentials of christianity thank you robbie Gallaty, for writing and for being with us today thanks lynn and thank you for listening to this podcast today